0: Hi and welcome to The Crime Pod. I'm Sam. And I'm Caitlin. Today I'm going to take us back about 120 years and tell you about the last woman hung in Edinburgh. Her name was Jessie King. So Caitlin, do you know much about jesse king or no like i've heard her name and know her as like obviously the last woman hung but i don't know anything about her mm-hmm. i was kind of in the same boat she was always on my radar um, and i knew a few things but not mm-hmm. obviously everything so i'll i'll begin Jessie king was born in 1861 she was an orphan and throughout her childhood she moved from one children's institution to another She was in and out of homes and she never had a set family. There's not much information on her childhood but I don't believe it will have been you know a happy one especially back in the 1800s. Now Jessie ended up resorting to prostitution at a young age to support herself financially but then she eventually managed to get a job as a laundry woman in Stockbridge which is in Edinburgh. At the beginning of 1887 Jessie became pregnant with a man who offered her marriage. However, during this time, she also met a man called Thomas Pearson. He was a middle-aged Glaswegian and he was kind of descending into alcoholism Mm -hmm. and was also 30 years older than her. Now, Thomas had a bad track record when it came to women. So before he met Jessie, he left Glasgow. His wife and his children to come to Edinburgh to live with another woman who wasn't Jessie. It was when that woman died and was laid out awaiting burial that he seduced the heavily pregnant Jessie who had come to help out around his house. So, you know, cleaning and everything for him. Now, immediately he seemed to have a really strong hold over, over Jessie, and she was just a vulnerable young pregnant woman. So, she left her man, who had offered her marriage, to go and live with Thomas Pearson. Now, Jessie, she hadn't been born into wealth, so she had no money to bring to the table. So, they weren't living a luxurious life, as Thomas had a failing business and was practically an alcoholic, like I said before. Mm -hmm. Now, they lived in Shane Street in Stockbridge, and they called her newborn baby, Thomas. Thomas. So after Thomas, now unfortunately life wasn't exactly getting easier for them, as yeah, yeah. they had no money, they had a newborn, they had no way of life. So this is when Jesse resorted to baby farming. Have you heard of baby farming before? Yes, but maybe if you could explain it, because like I feel like I, I I'm not hundred percent sure of the definition. Oh, yeah, it's not something we always get taught. (laughs) Now, before I go into that, though, I'll just say a couple of things about the Victorian era and, you know, pregnancy. Now, the story, we're currently in 1880, well, the 1880s, and the stigma and financial reality of illegitimacy was awful to girls who got pregnant out of wedlock, as you can imagine and know from everything we're taught about history. And there wasn't really much help out for them, out there for them. Like they couldn't, you know, nowadays we're in a much better position. Not a great one for some people, but way better than back then. Now, they could either go home to their parents in complete shame and live with their parents. But that was only if, you know, their parents accepted them. They could have turned them away and said, we don't want you in your our lives ever. You know, that people were getting kicked out a lot back then. Um, they could have possibly relied on help from the church because that's a charity. They could have persuaded the prospective father to, you know, marry them, but then that guy would have to get a job and provide for the family. So it wasn't exactly a great proposal. They would raise the baby herself, but she'd have to earn a wage, which would no mm-hmm. doubt be by things like prostitution because they wouldn't have a woman in a high position, never mind a pregnant woman that's not married. She could have an illegal abortion, which is a huge risk to her health, Mm -hmm. and that could cause loads of issues such as death and sepsis, etc. Now, another option for these women would be adoption. You know, sounds pretty legit. But it's not the sort of formal adoption we think about in our days, because social work departments and things, they didn't come into play until 1930. Adoptions could easily be done via a newspaper advertisement which provided the link between the buyer and the seller. You know just like selling a common item such as you know a couch you could do an adoption via this. So for just a few pounds the pregnant girl she could solve her problem and provide a family with a child. However this is where I'll now jump back to the term baby farming. Baby farming, it was a widespread practice in the Victorian Britain. It was a way that the buyer could make a quick buck and the seller gets rid of a problem. The problem being a baby. Now, I don't know about you, Caitlin, but that kind of sounds very familiar to the adoption process. Yeah. So this is kind of how it works. Unmarried women and even sometimes the baby's fathers, they would hand over the child along with a sum of money to a baby farmer. Now, These baby farmers were usually found by placing adverts in the local newspaper. The baby farmers would then usually place their own adverts and it would be like childless couples wanting to adopt, you know, just small adverts like that, but it would always have a price tag attached. So that's probably how you could tell the difference between, you know, a baby farmer and a sincere adoption, possibly. Mm -hmm. Now, a few of these baby farmers, they found it much easier to kill the babies that they had been given into their care, because obviously it was way more profitable than taking care of a child for the next however many years it's going to live. Like, Mm. I'm sorry, but I'll take three pounds for that child to get out your hands because you're a single mother or you're a poor couple and you can't afford to have a kid. I'll take that, no problem. I'll look after it. I'm just going to kill it and keep this £3, you know? So this brings me back to Jesse King. Now, in October 1888, a group of young boys who were playing on Shane Street decided to have a game of football, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. They found a bundle bundle of oil skins that had already been tied up, so they used this as a ball. However, the ball wasn't that great because it started to fall apart you know, because it's practically just old coats that have all been tied together. And when they went to put the ball back together, they discovered the body of a decomposing baby. Oh. So, obviously, the police were informed. And after just a few hours, information led them to the home of Jessie and Thomas. Jesse was 27 years old and Thomas was 59. And they were the local baby farmers. When the police raided the house, the bodies of a further two babies were uncovered, one on the top shelf of a cupboard and one wrapped in Thomas's coat. So obviously, the both of them were arrested. From the time of Jessie's arrest, she never really understood what was happening and she made an immediate confession that Thomas knew nothing about the crimes and that she was solely responsible for the murders. So Thomas mm. himself turned Queen's evidence and became a crown witness, which gave him immunity from any charges, both then and in the future. So kind of like, was it William Hare? He did that to Burke? Um, He said, oh, I'll give you all the evidence against Burke and mm. you'll set me free. So I think, and they weren't too far apart, I think about 60 years. So this is happening again, just Babies now, Thomas told the police and the court that he'd absolutely no idea that Jessie had killed these babies and had just assumed that the babies had been returned to their biological parents, so he's saying, "Oh, Jessie got these babies adopted them, oh, but they weren't here the next day, so you know she must have just gave them back hmm. now, when Jessie realized that Thomas had been set free she tried to withdraw her confession but it wasn't allowed now Jessie was illiterate she was vulnerable but the press and the court portrayed her as beyond evil a ravaged a ravaged wretch a rat-like creature so this is practically olden day death by media like yeah there was no social media and tv but this is death by media just newspaper form you know Mm-hmm. Now, when we look at the evidence, the body of one child had been found on the top shelf of a cupboard, way out of the reach of Jesse. And the second one was found in Thomas's coat. But remember, Thomas knew nothing about this. Also, as I just mentioned above, Jesse was illiterate. So who answered and placed the adverts? Jesse couldn't read and write. And it's not like she could get Siri to do a wee voice note, you know. Mm-hmm. But the jury just took four minutes to decide Jessie's fate. Oh wow! She, she was found guilty and sentenced to death by hanging. Now, she obviously she went she went to a wait. Um, she didn't get hanged right there and then, so she was in jail, and. I've got a weak quote as well, because Jesse's Roman Catholic confessor, he wrote a plea for her life mm-hmm. and he wrote it to the secretary for state. So he went to save Pearson. She made the statement which has done her so much injury. She now declares that he in one of the cases did the deed and in the other two, he stood near directing and guiding her in the administration of the whiskey. It seems a more likely solution of this terrible crime that this hard-hearted man, an unfaithful husband, an aged man, was there directing the unsteady and clumsy hand of a poor woman he had made his slave. But this got nowhere. It, got, it didn't get okay. Jesse off the sentence. The police, everyone, did not care. This was someone they were looking at, has just killed three babies, but has been put in jail for two of them because there was evidence of two babies. Now, obviously, these were the babies that got caught. Right. There's no, well, obviously there's no evidence of any other children, but at the same time, her crimes varied between about a whole year, because it was just after she met Thomas, and to the fact, when she got caught by those boys playing football. So, in a whole year, there could have been, not hundreds, but way more than, 10 babies you could say and at yeah, the same yeah. time the police were informed and had you know word of mouth and things to go to jesse and thomas's place so clearly there was suspicion or they were the known baby farmers of the area now Jessie served her prison term in Culton jail which was on Culton hill which is in edinburgh city centre um, it's now in that place, though, at St Andrew's House, which is a government building, so the jail is no longer there. Now, whilst in prison, her jailers described her as a meek, law-abiding prisoner who was eager to please and followed instructions without question. So Jessie was just an uneducated, vulnerable young woman who sadly had the tendency to obey anyone that she saw being in authority. So possibly Thomas, you know, yeah. that's why... He's an older man and Jessie's been brought up to believe that, right, he knows what's best for me. I will do anything for him. Now, on the night of the 10th of March, 1889, Jessie parted with her own baby, Thomas, for the last time. She was hanged the next day on the 11th of March, 1889, in Edinburgh. Jessie King was the last woman executed in Edinburgh and she's buried under the car park of St Andrew's house on Colton Hill which is it's apparently not a sacred spot it's just um where people who were hanged or executed in that prison were buried but it's okay. you know it was never a graveyard it was just like i think their way of being like these people don't deserve a grave you know so now it's a car park after Jessie's execution thomas moved back to glasgow because things were pretty difficult for him in edinburgh as you could imagine quite a few folk felt that he got away with child murder Mm
1: -hmm. so people
0: people weren't on his side a year later he was found dead due to a head wound now it's not unusual to have an accident and hit your head especially Mm -hmm. when you're an elderly alcoholic so this is him he's 60 but it's in the 1800s you know so that's really old back in the day but you know still an unanswered question today was it an accident or was it on purpose did someone do it because he was that hated I could think so now that's the story of Jesse King Mm -hmm. I know it wasn't huge and it wasn't long but what are your thoughts on this one it's, it's wild isn't it Mhm. what do you think so I think that well one I think she shouldn't have been you know hanged because yeah, oh, yeah definitely she did wrong I, and I don't not believe that she didn't kill these kids I think she did however I think she was one manipulated by Thomas mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. two she was just an unfortunate soul because she had no upbringing she had no way of life it was mm-hmm. she was poor and i mean like 1800s poor it's not like yeah it's not the she was... of like poor now you know mm-hmm. so she had nothing she was illiterate she 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 went to prostitution she just didn't have anything so i guess when she met thomas and he was like oh look we can make money and she's like okay perfect let's do it so i think yeah, maybe a wee jail sentence, but not death. And also, I yeah. think Thomas one hundred percent should have been jailed. That was the issue with jail sentences back—not um, jail sentence, sorry um, with like capital punishment back then. Thought is it was just like that was it. It was kind of just like right, okay, you're going like to be hung. That's it. Mm-hmm. When there and wasn't the... enough evidence. Yeah, and they were quick about it as well. It's not like you were mm-hmm. on death row for fifty years. Yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, so in a month's time, the hangman's got a spot in his diary. We can slot you in there. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas you hear about these people now that are on death row, and then it's like years later they actually found out they're innocent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Do you think, uh, what's your thoughts on Jessie's kind of life and whole death? Exactly what you said, though. Like, I do feel really sorry for her. Like, she didn't have any upbringing. It's not the upbringing that's like. You know I mean? that people should have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I guess as well on this in this story, it's quite well. Yeah, she was the last woman hung in Edinburgh, um, but definitely not the last woman hung in Scotland, the UK, or anything like that. So mm-hmm. don't quote me on that one. <laughs> Just Edinburgh. Okay. Um, but it kind of also shows like the kind of progress in a way that you've made we've made in life for like women's rights and the whole pregnancy issue like baby farming and women out of wedlock and you know because abortion legal abortions didn't come into play in the UK until 1967 Mm
1: -hmm. and that's
0: excluding Northern Ireland obviously but 1967 that's almost 100 years later Mm -hmm. that it was legal so I think all of this sort of thing could have obviously been avoided if things were better back then but obviously you know hindsight and rights and all that jazz are are way different from a hundred years ago yeah definitely